Cast presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin, the athletics department, and occasionally the OVC. Thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, our lovely listeners. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin B podcast in our heart of hearts. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. The Super Bowl happened. It did happen. Sure did happen. It was a good game. No, it wasn't. Well, not for you. No, it wasn't a good game. Commercials were garbage. Except for Sam Elliott's dancing mustache. This dancing mustache was okay. Uh, it was odd seeing Sam Elliott smile. I don't think I see that very often. It was. I would have never pegged Sam Elliott to be in a Old Town Road Doritos commercial. Anything that far outside the realm of Coors the Banquet Beer and Ford, Ford F-150s seems like... Well, I mean, he's done cowboy movies and stuff. You know, it's going to be awkward to watch Tombstone now and not see his mustache dance. It's a good thing I finished the ranch already. Yeah, I guess I suppose it is. Now you're now you're just going to watch the last season and all you're going to be able to think about, well, Sam Elliott saying mean things to Ashton Kutcher is his mustache doing the worm. Well, not going to be able to see anything else now, I guess. I guess not. Elsewhere in the wide world of sports, the Boston Red Sox ran up the white flag on the 2020 season. By and, and the one after that. And the one after Probably that. Probably the one after that. By crying poorhouse and dealing one of the best players in baseball for reasons that had nothing to do with baseball. It was dumb. It was... Indefensible. It's indefensible. It's one of the worst baseball... I don't even know what to say because if you can argue... You can't argue. People are saying that, oh, he's not worth Mike Trout money. Well, if anybody in this league is worth Mike Trout money that's not named Mike Trout, guess what? It's Mookie Betts. He is, by any conceivable metric, the second best player in baseball. And he does literally everything Mike Trout does, just slightly not as well as Mike Trout. Yes. If you put a competent group of 24 humans around Mookie Betts, you are a contender to win a title, and the it's like Astros the LeBron have done Cavs. that. It's like just put get get LeBron, get some decent shooters. Okay, we've got we can go to the championship. Well, okay, that's a bit of a stretch because that's been the Angels playing with Mike Trout, and it's just not worked at all. You got to do a little bit more than that in baseball, but I mean, I, there's so many other contracts you could have dumped to save money. You could have dumped Evaldi. You could have got rid of JD Martinez. Who you could have just not signed JD Martinez just in the not first place. Resign JD. I mean. It's they could have not signed maybe, Evaldi maybe in the first you shouldn't place. Have, maybe you shouldn't have signed David Price to a contract to give him $32 million each of the last three years of the deal at, what, 34, 35, and 36? I think it's 36, 37, 38. Even worse. Maybe you don't do that. Maybe you don't fire Dave Dombrowski, too, the guy that did all this. Maybe. I mean, I know he probably should have been fired, but. Um, yeah, yeah, he totally no, should no, have. He definitely he, deserved it. Yeah, but did it one, one calendar year after leading him to a World Series title, he definitely uh, how do you? I, I don't understand how you go from a team that had one of the best years in baseball history, like that Red Sox team did, to tanking within a, a year. Kneeling at but kneeling at the altar of the Almighty Dollar. I just there's so many things you could have done to not cut Mookie. You you saw you pay Mookie Betts whatever he wants and build around him. You pay Mookie Betts whatever he wants and then a dollar more is a show of good faith. I think I saw. One of the a Red Sox guy I follow on Twitter was like, who cares if we're paying Mookie too much in years 10, 11, 12 if the first nine are Mookie Betts seasons? It's like, I mean, it's the same thing a lot of teams are doing. Like the Angels are dealing with Pujols. He 
the first five years of Pujols, pretty good. Now you're kind of paying for it. The Reds, the first six years of the Votto deal, pretty great. Now you're kind of well, except for the part where the Reds were terrible. The Reds weren't good, time. but Joey Votto was. Yeah. And now they're kind of paying for it late at the end of the deal. You. When you've got a player like that, you have to take the bad years at the end to get the good ones at the beginning. My stance on it has always been you never, you can never pay too much for anybody who's great. You can always pay too much for somebody who's good. The Red Sox found that out by paying too much for Nathan Eovaldi and David Price. I was going to say J.D. Martinez probably. J.D. Martinez had the one season that was spectacular. Every other season has just been, okay, he's a good DH. I yes, guess. he's yeah, a I'd, perfectly I'd good. I love that on my team. Yeah, you, you give him Marcelo Zuna money. You don't give him You don't give him J.D. Martinez You money. don't give him the money you should have been giving the Mookie bets. Definitely. And I Lots think it's going to be fun when Mookie signs with the Yankees. That's going to be hilarious. And I, I say that somebody hates the Yankees, but I think that would be hysterical. It'll be like Johnny Damon times $8 million. Oh, yeah. Lots of low-key stupid in uh, front office moves this week. The four-teamer in the NBA last night kind of left I'm me. still confused by it, I think. I I don't know. I'm trying to suss out who got better. Like, I think the Rockets... They ditched their center, which they, I think is good for today's NBA. I think for them, the way they play, you don't really need Capella. I, I think the Wolves just got pieces to go get um, D'Lo still. I, and that's probably true. And I think the thing that I don't understand here is that Malie Beasley's just sort of being thrown around like the fourth best gift at a Dirty Santa swap, and, like, Malik Beasley's a good basketball player who the Nuggets weren't going to pay for whatever reason, and now the Wolves have the opportunity to pay him, and they're going to trade him for the opportunity to pay somebody else. They're going to tra- They're gonna either going to pay him or they're going to trade him for the opportunity to sign D'Angelo Russell, which well, I, like Russell, D'Angelo. I like D'Angelo Russell with the Warriors. If I'm the Warriors, I'd try and keep him, but I guess if you're going to fully commit to the tank, you don't want to keep your one guy that can score. Yeah, yeah. Just get get that top three pick this year. Although I, and that sure would be a fun offense next year with Clay, Steph, and D'Angelo Russell just firing threes. Clay, Steph, and Malik Beasley could be pretty good. Clay, yeah, you're not wrong. And especially when they draft James Wiseman when they get the number one pick because the, lottery, the lottery's rigged. I don't think they're going to draft James Wiseman. Okay, they might not draft the Wiseman, but the lottery's rigged and the Warriors are picking first. If they oh, yeah, this is this is Tim Duncan falling, going to the Spurs, to Spurs the one year the Spurs were bad in the last it's, Yeah, if years. you people think anybody other than the Warriors is picking first in the NBA draft this year, I'm sorry to tell you, you're wrong. It's already been decided. Well, it's that or they've already decided to give it to the Knicks because the Knicks are cleaning house and maybe it's a... Maybe they'll fire James Dolan. Oh, well, yeah, now I, we'll give him that I, one pick. I don't think you can fire the owner. Well, they're going to force James Dolan out. How, they're going to begin to sell the team. I don't know. They're, they've got to. They've got to get rid of that guy. Why? I don't know. His checks clear just as well as everybody else's do. I imagine. Fair enough. But. Since this is ostensibly an Austin P podcast, we should probably talk about Austin P. But we had we had some air, some grievances to air. Some almost said some airings to grievance, which would have been a more fun way to turn that phrase, I think. But anyway. Uh, Let's talk Austin P again. Men's basketball last week. Uh, dubs and more dubs against SIUE and EIU to remain unbeaten in the league. The SIUE game was a uh, perfunctory beating. Uh, five guys reached double figures against the Cougars. Uh, 82-58 win achieved. Austin P finished the month of January unbeaten for the first time since 06-07. Terry Taylor almost tossed up a triple-double, 11-9-9. Didn't Coach Fig say, too, that nobody else in the league had beat them by more than eight points? So, I mean, sure. I think they rolled just a, a pretty different, okay team in the league. They, they they're, just, they're not. They're bad. Okay, they're, never mind. They're two and six. Okay, never mind. Or two and eight now. They're just, they're just not. They're good at keeping it close in losses. Yeah, they, they, they had the one. 
they could, they are scary now, which is not something you could have said about them for the last three years. We've got to go down there, what, two weeks? Yeah. yeah. You, you they, worry about They them. must be accounted for. You can't just roll in and roll out the ball and beat them, as Belmont discovered on the first night of the season. Right. But as long as you take them seriously and take what they give you, like uh, two men open on every offensive possession because, because they're triple teaming yeah. Terry Taylor, then you're going to be in good shape. Terry, uh, to to his enormous credit, I think, <laughs> didn't try to force up threes or fight through. Triple teams. Yeah, he just, well, there's Eli Bob open and streaking to the basket again. I'm going to throw him the ball. And Listen, if, that's look, what, if, that, if that, yeah. they're, they're eventually going to stop that triple teaming Terry yeah. if he passes out of look, it. Look here, if he's going to, you know, almost average a triple-double for the rest of the season, then people are going to quit doing that, too. I also think our chances are pretty good if that happens. Oh, I think our chances are amazing if that happens. EIU is a little bit more difficult. The Govs trailed much of the game as Eastern Illinois' relentless three-point barrage put the Panthers up early. Also be trailing by as many as 13 in the first half rally to keep it close heading into the break. A host of Govs had a hand in the comeback. Jordan Adams, 11 of his 13 in the second half. Terry put up 17-9 to to lead the way. Eli Bive took two shots, but the second was a big one. A bucket with 10.2 left to put the Govs up for good. Taylor tipped home a missed free throw and stole the ensuing inbounds pass to seal the deal for the Governors. That tip was wild. It just, it was. There was no intention of that. Yeah, if he says, oh, yeah, I did that on purpose, he's a liar. He's a liar. And I'll tell him that. Oh, I'll tell it to his face. Terry, now at 1,700 points, 800 career rebounds, one of six active Division I players to reach that mark. He's a junior. He's not Are playing any, the final it, month. Plus. Is anybody else on that list junior? No. It's all seniors? No. Okay. Yeah. I was just, make, just making sure. I thought so. Yeah, the 1,500 and 700 or whatever it was, whatever the last milestone he passed concurrently was, it was him and a bunch of seniors. Like, he's – most of the guys that are doing this are doing it with, like, a month and change left in their collegiate career. And, I mean, I guess that could be the case with Terry. But, you know, fingers crossed that it is very much not. And he's going to blow this thing out of the water. I mean, he if he comes back next year and is even – even if he defers more of scoring responsibility to Jordan Adams next year. Will we year, see the first ever quadruple team if he comes back? Might have to. I mean – if he comes back and doesn't do much of anything beyond just typical Terry, ten and ten, yeah. If, if he's fifty, if he's fifteen and eight the way he was as a freshman, he will put pretty much every career mark that matters at Austin P out of reach. It's just how it is. Yeah, and good for him. Happy for him. Um, women's basketball, they picked up a big OVC win Thursday night against SIOE. The Govs beat the Cougars 74-61. to Brandy Furby led the way for the Governor, scoring a season-high 18 points and dishing out a season-high five assists. Ella Sawyer added 14 more points and four more assists. Uh, the Governor shot 45% from the floor and got 46 points from their bench as they rolled to a 13-point win over the Cougars. Saturday was a tough one. The Govs struggled to score for the first half and fell in a big hole at the break. In the second half, the Govs fought back a little, with Shaylee Kirby leading the charge with 11 points. Tahani Bennell added another 10 points, but the Governors fell 76-47 to EIU. A handful of Austin Peay track and field student-athletes went back to Alabama, a.k.a. the home away from home last week. Sabrina Richmond turned in a season-best 24-65 in the 200-meter dash to take fourth at South Alabama's home event on Super Bowl Sunday, which I thought was a bizarre time to hold one of these things, but they had a pretty good turnout, so good for them. 
Carlin Schutten was sixth in the pole vault. Daniel Hill Tate sixth in the high jump. And a very abbreviated weekend as a lot of student athletes got some much needed rest. The women's tennis team picked up another win. They beat Western Kentucky five to two on Saturday in Clarksville. Fabian Schmidt and Yana Leader both improved to four and zero in singles play this spring. Schmidt has a six-match winning streak dating back to the fall season. Uh, Daniela Morris and Martina Paladina Jennings also both improved to 3-1 and one in the spring season. The men's team dropped their match falling 6-1 to one to Illinois State. Christian Edinson picked up the Govs' lone point, winning as in the number one singles matchup. Edinson and Jacob Lorino also won their doubles match, but the Governors ultimately lost the doubles point and the match. And now it's time to bring in a member of that Austin Peay tennis team, Danielle Morris. She is our guest this week, and a very good guest she was indeed right after this. Let's drop! Daniel Morris's first season at Austin P was a pretty good one. The Govs won 22 straight matches, OVC regular season and OVC tournament titles, and pretty much destroyed all comers as the greatest assemblage of talent in OVC history. Daniel was a huge part of that, and she's sure to take on an even bigger role for head coach Ross Brown this year as the spring season remains in its infancy. Danielle, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Um, talk a little bit before we get started about just your expanded role on the team this year and taking on a bigger part of it after, you know, the Giannis Garcia has graduated and you've had to step up and be a bigger part. Yeah, so my first year I played mostly five and six. So I was at the bottom of the lineup. And so I, my part was more trying to get those bottom matches where I would usually get some of the slightly weaker opponents. But this year I'm playing right at the top at number two so far. So. It's a big step up, but uh, I guess there's a little more pressure from my first year, but it was good to start off Lois, and then I got used to how the college tennis system works, so I'm doing a lot better, and I feel a lot more comfortable this year. By the end of last year, did you kind of feel like, you know, I'm so much better than all these people that I'm facing? Like, it's just not even fair to them. Um, not really. I did lose, like, a couple matches. It, it still was like solid tennis like at the college level everyone knows how to rally and play so it was more just a different kind of style like they're more consistent at the bottom whereas now I'm playing people that hit a little bigger and it's a nice challenge though. You hail from an all-girls school correct? Yes. Are there benefits to single gender schools when it comes to education? You're like the fourth person I've ever met who went to one so I'm genuinely curious. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't really think so. It's just uh, where I'm from, most of the private schools are single sex. Um, I think that's just what they choose because um, it's they're like usually religious schools. So I went to an Anglican school and the there's like you, they cost more and because they're meant to get better grades in general so like they have better professors technically but there are some uh, co-ed private schools they're just not as common uh, yeah I don't think there's any benefit to that. Uh, 
what led to you deciding to come play collegiately in America? So I actually wasn't looking at it at all initially. I was I always wanted to go to university, so I was just looking at uh, universities in Australia. But uh, I do have two older brothers, and they used to play competitive tennis, and they stayed in Australia. And I noticed like my brother's tennis just didn't really get go anywhere. He just didn't have time and we don't have that kind of college sport system so and I just realized like as I got into year 12 like it was tennis has been such a big part of my life and I didn't really want to let that go it's like a big part of my identity so that's when I just started looking into America I had a few friends that had come and they talked very positively about the experience so then I decided to start uh, looking at recruiting and all that. So the fa- the ability to get the education and keep playing was huge. Yeah, for sure. Like, I really wanted a degree at the end of the day, so tennis was just a way to, like, get into America and, like, do a degree and tennis at the same time. Are there differences that you've noticed in the educational systems in Australia versus America? Yeah, so I know... For example, in we don't have general courses in university here, so we go straight into our degree. And I guess there's some pros and cons to that because if you get out of high school and already know what you want to do, you just can do your degree in usually three to f- three years. Sometimes, sometimes it's four years depending on the course you take. But then, I guess the American system can be better because if you're undecided on what you want to do, you can just take those general courses and kind of get an idea of where you want to go in your field. Is it more common in Australia for you to kind of have a real plan coming out of high school? Because I know for as all I know is the American experience and most of us come to college because we don't really know what we're doing or what we want to do and this is a good place to hide for a few years till you figure <laughs> it out. Um, I don't think many people do know what they want to do when they come out of high school. Like A lot of the t- time people do end up changing degrees and all that so it's it's hard to tell like for me I I think I've changed what I want to do like three three times as well yeah you played badminton competitively yes that was in my high school we had like a lot of different sports and I played for my school team there I've just never seen, I've seen people play badminton, usually holding a drink and not taking it all that seriously, but like, are there, I didn't even know there were rules. Are there rules to badminton? Yeah, there's, that's a lot. I feel like I don't even know the rules, but. um, You play the sport, but don't know the rules. Yeah, I, it was like kind of a side thing of my test. I love playing all different kinds of sports in high school and we had a competition. It's like like um, an American conf- like conference, so we played against other schools in that. So. Did every, did Was everybody kind of in the boat you were in where like, I don't really know what we're supposed to do here, just hit the, bolt, the <laughs> shuttle, shuttlecock. I know that's what it's called. Just hit that back and forth. Yeah, a little bit, but it's actually very popular at my school. We would have like um, about 150 people trying to sign up to play, and I only had a school of 600 girls. So wow. Big turnout, yeah. Four times a year, everybody pays attention to tennis. Australian Open, French, U.S., and Wimbledon. What needs to happen for tennis to resume more of a mainstream place in sport? Or is that viewpoint an American viewpoint? And is it still as wildly popular as it's always been everywhere else? 
Uh, I think in Australia, tennis, it's pretty big, but there's also, like, we have, like, AFL and some other team sports that can't, are a little bit bigger. And I think it's the same here, like, NFL and, like, baseball are, like, your bigger sports. And I think that could be due to the media hyping them up a bit more. So maybe if they had more media coverage and, like... Um, yeah, I, I don't really know why like tennis isn't... I think it's just because it is more individualised. Like, there's only one, maybe, like, two people on the court. Like, you're going for one person, whereas in, like, a team sport, there's more people that you can kind of connect with. Is it... Does it help the women's game that it seems like the more dynamic personalities tend to be the women? The Serena Williamses, uh, Coco Golf, those kinds of people. Yeah, there's definitely um, people have more to say about people that are more out there and confident. Like if they're a bit more like quiet on the court, then they don't. No one really talks about them. What's the future of women's sports? I know that's a pretty loaded question, but you can be general. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, getting a lot bigger. I know, like particularly back home in Australia, we've had a lot of campaigns trying to introduce like girls into different sports, running a lot of clinics, and I'm sure they have that here as well. So it's definitely looking more positive. There's a lot more equality. Like we're getting the same amount of prize money in a lot of sports now, which is awesome. I think that the women's tennis equaling the prize money has been a big step forward for that, especially because I think it's the better game most of the time yeah it's definitely evolved a lot and a lot of girls are getting interested in tennis because of that equal pay it's like if you're successful in tennis you can earn quite a lot of money now let's talk a little bit about the bushfires and australia and i know it's gotten close but hasn't really come into queensland very much right yeah so i live in the southeast queensland and so we've had like some minor bushfires but it hasn't escalated compared to down south um in some other states it's it's devastating down there and i think it's really like touched everyone personally though because we all know people that um didn't even get to have christmas or like their just lives have been ruined by it and it's just yeah it's really sad but i've been very fortunate like where i am we don't have anything too bad and it's not just the people, it's also the wildlife and yeah. the the ecosystem mm-hmm. in Australia is just being very, very affected mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, um, I read like a statistic, like one third of the koala population in New South Wales, which is the state below me, has um, died. And it could honestly be higher than that the more they look into it. So yeah, it's been really bad. But... It's just like one of those years that we always do have bushfire season, usually from September to late November. It can be really bad, but this is just a more extreme year. What's the stupidest thing someone has ever asked you about being from Australia? Um, And if it's been me, you say so. No, it hasn't been you, but uh, my freshman year, I met someone in the CAF, and I was walking back, and they were like, talking to me just asking me questions and then about like where I'm from and she's like oh so so how long's your drive and I was like do you mean from the airport or she's like from Australia I was like oh that it's a plane flight and she's like oh, okay so that was probably the dumbest question that's somebody here yeah that's somebody that we're gonna give a degree to oh, yeah I great. haven't seen her in a while so 
hey, you know, sometimes natural selection just runs its course. <laughs> yeah, I guess. How do you improve on what you did last season, both as an individual and as a team? So the team achievement was pretty impressive last year. It'll be hard to top, but I, I think we'll definitely try and win conference again and hopefully we can maybe try and win a round at NCAAs because that was the goal last year and we, we just missed it so I think we'll hope to do that this year and then personally because I'm playing higher um, it'd be cool I could try and match my stats from last year get some more wins hopefully so, yeah that's the plan pretty good plan what is your favorite word food what is your least favorite word? Ooh, I don't really dislike many words, but maybe like there's something that you guys say, y'alls. Do you say that? Y'alls? Yeah, with an S in the end. I, th I find that very strange. So y'all singular is fine. Well, I never really heard that one much either, but I got a bit used to it because some of my roommates are like from the South, and that makes sense. That's like you all, but then y'alls is... It sounds very strange to me. You alls. Mm. Okay, yeah. You, when you phonetically say it out like yeah. that, it does sound <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. Who or what inspires you? Uh, definitely my mom. She's very hard worker, and she's she's very talented and good at everything. And uh, she's just a great mom, so I really look up to her. What's the last book you read for fun? Um, I'm currently reading a book on Ashley Barty, actually. So she's the number one in the world for women's tennis. She's Australian. I'm just reading about her life. It's, it's very interesting because she actually did quit tennis a few years ago for a year just to play cricket. And so she like, stepped away because she wasn't personally enjoying it as much anymore. And then she found um, her love for the sport again, came back and within a couple of years, she's number one in the world. So I think it's an incredible journey. I just don't usually get people actively saying, yeah, I'm reading a book right now. Most <laughs> of the time yeah. it's like, oh, geez, what was the last thing I read in middle school? <laughs> to be fair, I haven't read as much as what I used to, but just coincidentally, I am reading something at the moment. What is your worst habit? Huh. Um... I don't think I have any particularly bad habits that I know of, but... Oh, that's good. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if this could be considered bad, but I am, like, in America, I'm a clean freak. Like, I always like to keep everything very clean. So, like, my roommates, like, if they leave the dishes there, like, I can't have that. Like, I'll just go out and clean it before they even touch it. So, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Maybe it annoys them, but I don't know. Wouldn't be annoyed if somebody just went and did my dishes for me. I mean, <laughs> That seems like a very nice thing to do. <laughs> what app on your phone gets the most use? Probably the weather, actually, <laughs> because <laughs> the weather is so crazy here. I check it every morning now because I never know what I need to wear. But, yeah, so it'd probably be that or maybe Instagram. Weather or Instagram, that's... Yeah. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Hmm... Uh, well, once uh, in high school, I was tennis cap. So I was tennis captain at my high school, and I didn't realize that I needed to make a speech. And I used to be really scared of any form of public speaking. 
And my coach just like, he was doing the speeches before a lot of games and then he just would be like, oh, Danielle, like tell them where like the bathrooms or the courts are. And I'd be like, okay. But then once he just put me on the spot and was like, yep, you're doing it today. Just, just before I had to present and my face was bright red, I was shaking. And one of the girls we were playing was one of my good friends and she got out her phone and started recording me and put it on her Snapchat for everyone to see. It was pretty embarrassing. So yeah. That is, that's mean-spirited on everybody's part. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that, your friend shouldn't have done that. That's, that's rude. What is your idea of happiness? Um, just like in being like, happy with who you are and just like live, living the way you want to, I guess, like having no regrets. What's your idea of misery? Uh, I guess the opposite. So, like, just doing stuff because you need to, or not rather than not what you want to do. What makes you self-conscious? Uh, maybe, like, if I'm doing something a little different from someone and people were, like, judging or make a, like, remark about it, and I get a little self-conscious. But I'm not too bad about that. For the most part, it's just sometimes it gets to me. What's the most embarrassing song you love? Hmm. May. Oh. I don't. I think all my songs are pretty mainstream, but maybe like something from like ha like Hannah Montana or something, like the Ho Down or something. <laughs> That's always a funny one. How would you prefer to die? Um, haven't really thought about that one, but maybe I feel like it. I'd want to like know when I am going in because I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it to be like a surprise. Like I'd rather like s you know say goodbye to people. Like I feel like it'd be. I would be really like sad if like I regretted. Like I didn't like say like appreciate someone as much like didn't tell them how much and then yeah if you were reincarnated what would you like to come back as and why a dog because they have the best lives like like a pet like my dog she just gets fed and sleeps all day and gets treated like a royal yeah 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 what might prompt you to lie hmm Maybe, like, if it was, I, I'm a very honest person, but maybe if it was, like, going to put someone in trouble, like, if I didn't want to, like, rat out my teammate or something, then I might, like, tell oh, a so white you, you lie. You might, like, lie to the cops or something if you need to? Um, I've never really been put in this. <laughs> I hope I'd never get put in that situation, <laughs> but I don't think I would because, yeah, I don't really do anything wrong, so... <laughs> What makes you hopeful? Uh, definitely, like, when people do those random acts of kindness and you hear about it, like, it's really, like, good to hear that people are still, like, taking the time to check that someone's doing okay. What is our purpose in life? I think everyone has a different purpose, and, but maybe... I think a lot of people want to just, like have a successful career maybe and like just like do the best they can for like the next generation 
you've got quite a bit of time left here still. What what are your hopes, dreams, goals, both you know, short term this year through the rest of college and then after? Uh, ideally, I want to win as many conference championships as I can and stay yep. far on track. Yeah, so one of one so far, so that's a pretty yeah, good start. Yeah, so I'd, it'd be awesome if we could win it every year if possible. Um, and I guess I just want to try to keep working my way up the top, which is I was, like, really surprised that I'd be playing so high up this year after playing right at the bottom. So I, I'm already nearly there at the top. So it'd be awesome if I could even play number one by the end of my college career. And then, uh, obviously, I hope to also finish my degree. And then I want to keep studying afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. Any, what are your plans, like, long, long term? So... I'm doing my a chemistry degree right now, and I want to go into pharmacology and hopefully one day own a pharmacy is the long-term goal. So, yeah, I need to do a few more years of study to get the pharmacy degree, and you need to be a manager. Well, in Australia, I don't know about America, you need to be a manager for five years before you can own a pharmacy. So. That's probably a good rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like some of our issues with... Uh, Pharmacology in this country would not be as great if we had that rule. So you don't have, you don't need to be a manager or anything? I don't think so. I don't yeah. know anything about it, but I know that we have a huge op- opioid crisis in this country, and maybe uh, <laughs> a little bit more oversight and judiciousness would be good for it. Yeah, maybe. That's a weird note to end this interview on. But we don't have segues here. So, Danielle, thank you for coming in. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now she doesn't like this, so you turn it like that. Now she touches like this, so you touch her like that. Now she moves like this, so you move like that. Come on, shake, 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 I shake it. I shake, 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 I shake it. Huge thanks to Danielle Morris for coming in. Really appreciate her taking the time for what is shaping up to be a busy spring for her and the women's tennis team. As we take that, nope. Good try. As we turn ahead to this week, men's basketball. uh, Familiar foes. Feels like we've done this pretty recently. Uh, Belmont and TSU on the docket. TSU probably not as bad as the 99-74 score on January 23rd would indicate. Missed a lot of players. Dressed just eight that night. Wesley Harris returned last week and was a monster, averaging a double-double. The guys will need to account for him. Also highly unlikely Jordan Adams and Terry Taylor go for 37 apiece again. And yet, stranger things have certainly happened, as weird as this is to say. Terry's kind of due after facing triple teams for three straight games. TSU's been very good at the Gentry Center this year. Really gotten some good crowds to come out. Like a great many teams in this league, the Gentry has been a tough place for Austin P over the years. Saturday, turn the attention to Belmont. And a uh, the Curbs, another tough place to play. Um, it seems like they always get the calls there. Maybe that's just because it was Rick Bird's house, and now that it's Casey Alexander's house, it won't be quite the same. But the Govs, it has been a long, long while since we've won at Curb Event Center. 
Methinks it's about time to put that streak to rest. We're just breaking all the streaks. Might as well. We may as well, you know. Yeah, just put them all. Just kill them all. Just put them all to bed. Put all those streaks to bed. Uh, the Govs, obviously, the the statement win that happened in this building against Belmont last week or two weeks ago, rather. I mean, you go on the road and you—that's multiplied. I mean, if you you can you one up it, you take Belmont down at your place. Hey, cool! You took Belmont down at your place. You take Belmont down at Belmont, and the league sits up and takes even more notice than they already are of a ten and O team. The women's team is going to play the same two Nashville schools. The Governors beat Tennessee State last time out, forcing the Lady Tigers to turn the ball over thirty times, which led to thirty-five points off turnovers. Uh, when the Guffs take on TSU at 11 a.m. Thursday, they should look to pressure the Lady Tigers again as they average an OVC worst 19.9 turnovers per game. Tennessee State has also just made uh, 77 three-pointers this season, which is the lowest in the conference. For reference, the Guffs have made 106 more threes than Tennessee State this season. What was that time again? 11 a.m. It heard sure it, is right? 11 a.m., Get buddy. out the coffee, get a McGriddle, and get out there and watch some basketball, I guess. Um, yeah. That's that's all that needs to be said about that one. We're going to play Belmont again on Saturday, too. It's the same Belmont team that we've seen for the past four years. We saw that when they came here two weeks ago. They don't shoot the three-pointer as well as years past, but they are led by preseason OVC player of the year, Ellie Harmeyer. She had 22-17 and 17 last time the Govs met up with the Bruins. Um, last time the Govs only got to the free throw line seven times against Belmont. Harmeyer, for reference, went 10 of 10 by herself. Govs need to be more aggressive and keep the press on Belmont, who they forced to turn the ball over 20 times in the last meeting. Softball starts their season this weekend. Team 35 in Chattanooga for a three-gamer against the Mocs. Second-year head coach Cassie Stanfield. Finally, the Govs able to keep a head coach for longer than eight months. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. However, they are replacing some very key parts from last year, so it makes a little bit of sense that the guys were picked fifth in the OVC preseason poll. And if I told you three years ago they were picked fifth, you'd assume half the teams in the league had dropped softball. We have come a long way with this program. There is a lot of expectation. I think these ladies can live up to it and more. Four All-OVC choices from last year departed, but second-teamer Lexi Osowski and 2018 second-teamer Bailey Shorter are among the talented performers still dotting head coach Cassie Stanfield's roster. It was a fun fact drop last night. The coaches show that uh, Sarge told Cat Coach Stanfield, the Gov softball team is one of four or four or six teams in the country that returns a pitching staff that has never thrown a Division One pitch. Wait, what? None of the pitchers on the Gov's roster have ever thrown a Division One pitch. Hmm, it's a fun fact. Wait, Kelsey, not playing. She's hurt. She had oh, surgery. That's right. I forgot about that. So the first pitch on uh, Saturday will be the first time anybody on that roster has ever thrown a D1 pitch. Well, I guess we're going to know a whole lot about this group (laughs) after this weekend then, aren't we? Tennis, um, both tennis teams are going to head to Dayton this weekend with the women playing twice and the men playing once. The women are going to play a Friday night match against the Dayton Flyers before a Saturday afternoon match against Wright State. Both of the teams the women play will be looking for their first win of the season still. The men's team will just take on Wright State Saturday as the Governors and the Raiders are both searching for their first win this season on the men's side. As we do every week, we encourage you to bombard Haley Meyer, no longer Jacoby, for all your community service opportunities as she is the point person for all of that. Um, Yeah, call Haley if you want to go out and do some good. And hey, SAC members, there's a SAC meeting on February 12th. So you should be there. I think anybody else can come if they want to. I don't know. 
Uh, is that the sack rules? Can anybody come? I'm not. Uh, student I'm, athletes. I'm neither. I'm not a student and never was an athlete. If you're so if you're a student really athlete, sure advisory council member, be at the meeting on February 12th. Any everybody go. Just everybody show Every, up. All the other student athletes go they'll, and they'll they'll find a place for you. I'm to sure do if you want to help them, they will welcome you with open arms. Get in touch and stay in touch with us via the web and social media, Casey. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on Facebook for the official account of Austin P, the Austin P Governors. Shout out to uh, our friends Eric and Robin and Digital Media for all the digital media things they, they do and provide. Let's Go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, myself over there holding it down, locking it down. Constantly new and improved and evolving things to see over there. We legitimately have no home events this weekend. None. Not a one. But you can go ahead and start running your season tickets for football right now. You can buy baseball, basketball, and softball tickets. And you can buy or for the, their softball in-season tournament tickets you can buy. That's what I meant to say. Um, all kinds of other tickets you can buy. And to get those, you need to get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke and her assistant, John the Baptist. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or even directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Find a new friend online. Tweet at us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder 